Now, last time we talked about the heart of God, so sort of what he's looking for when we come to him in prayer. Today, I want to talk about our heart when we are praying. Hey, it's Amber, wife, mother, type A child of God. Here are little things we look at everyday issues from a biblical perspective with one simple goal, to know and love God more. Thanks for listening. And I recently was with a friend, we were at a conference, and before we went downstairs for the day to, to get started in a whole day full of breakout sessions and, and all kinds of learning, I said to her, I just really want to look at Jesus. I really want to spend a little time with Jesus. So I opened my Bible to Mark chapter 5 because I knew if I got to the Gospels, I'd see Jesus. And uh, we read this account. And as I was reading, I kept stopping and making little comments like, did you notice this? Do you see this? And it's kind of interesting because we've both been reading the same two books on prayer. So I've talked to you about Spurgeon's Prayer and Spiritual Warfare. The other book that we're both reading is On Our Knees by Phil Wickham. Uh, which is a more devotional style book. It's a 40-day journey into prayer. And so uh, both of us were able to find correlations between the other books that we're reading and this account in Matthew chapter 5. I'm not going to read the entire account in Matthew chapter 5, but I do want to read a couple of different paragraphs so I can make some points. So starting at verse 21, we read this. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so she will be healed and live. This is where I stopped. Because notice Jairus's posture we are told he fell at Jesus' feet. This was a synagogue ruler. So this is a man who had some authority. He was well-known probably. And when he came to Jesus, he didn't sort of just tap him on the shoulder and say, hey, I've got something I want to run by you. He fell at Jesus' feet. And then we're told he pleaded earnestly with him. These are important words. The word earnestly means with sincere and intense conviction. So again, Jairus wasn't coming to Jesus like, hey, if you have time or if you could point me to someone else. Jairus came to Jesus and pleaded with sincere conviction. Let me just ask you, how do you approach God in prayer? Are you sort of sitting on your bed or on your couch at the end of the day and saying, you know, Heavenly Father, I've noticed some things. I was wondering if you might think about maybe, I think maybe this is a great example for us. And maybe we have some things to learn from Jairus about coming to God earnestly. These things that we are struggling with and 
And just at this conference where I met so many of my friends, we had a chance to talk. Every conversation almost was a reminder of how much we have to pray about. In fact, there was one particular person who I had seen at at another conference in July. And when I left that day, I was in tears. And I ran into her just as I was leaving. I was leaving the conference, you know, like a half an hour, hour early or something. I just kind of was overwhelmed with some things that I had seen and heard and, and what it was what was taking place in my own life and and struggles I was going through. And I was sort of leaving the conference and in tears. And she saw me and she stopped me and she's like, Amber, what's up? And I just poured out my heart to her. And she said to me, Amber, you've just made it to the top of my prayer list. Here we are several months later, six, seven months later, and she's going through a door. I'm going through a door and we just run into each other. And I said, Hey, how are you doing? And she went, ah, I'm about ready to throw in the towel, blah, 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 blah. And I said her name and I said, you've just made it to the top of my prayer list. When we have these struggles that are tearing us up, that are overwhelming us, that we know we can't deal with these things, right? Earnestly, we need to throw ourselves at Jesus' feet, knowing that we've already come to the point of recognizing there's nothing we can do to fix this. Like I I can, I've tried. And at this point, I just need to say, Jesus, this is yours. And if it isn't for you, I'm lost and I, I can't do anything about it. So Jairus was a great example, but this is just the first of, of three examples. So the second thing that we already know that there was a large crowd, right? We were already told that in the first verse, a large crowd had gathered. Now Mark tells us again, a large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. With this woman, this is major desperation. I don't think we can truly comprehend the pain that's included in just a few sentences. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Just take that in. And it was 12 years worth. I'm pretty sure that a lot of us can relate to this in terms of we all have situations that we have prayed about, prayed about, prayed about, kept going back to the Lord And instead of getting better, they only seem to be getting worse. And here she is, just one person in this throng of people that were following Jesus. And her thought was, if I can just get close to him and touch him, I will be healed. Now, Phil Wickham has this account in one of his daily devotions. And he mentioned, think of how daring this woman was pressing through the crowd. You can almost see her 
you know, weaving in and out and keeping your eye on Jesus and just being like laser focused on, I have to get to him. She knew she was out of options. And when she was out of options and she saw Jesus, she had one goal and one goal open only. And that was to get to him. And I worry that, especially myself, and maybe you can relate to this too, I worry that sometimes we just keep exploring options. She had already been to many, many doctors. And she had spent all that she had. But we don't read that she went out looking for another job. Or she went to a different town and asked them who the specialist was in her town. She finally came to that point where she was like, there is one person and one person only who can make me whole. And I am going to do everything in my power to get to him. Now, what if, and I'm not, I'm not passing judgment here. I'm only speaking to myself. I'm telling you some of the conversation that I had with my friend. What if instead of pursuing every other option, we pursue Jesus wholeheartedly until we get to him? Like, in the morning, at lunch, in the afternoon, like Daniel went three times a day to pray or all throughout your day, just going back to Jesus, back to Jesus, back to Jesus. Lord, I know you are the only one who can heal me. I know you are the only one who can fix this situation. I am convinced, Lord, that you are my only hope. And that's why I am still asking, seeking knocking. Do you know those words? I I didn't know this, but years ago I found this out when I was studying the book of Matthew and I was reading the people's Bible commentary and I heard that asking, seeking, knocking is progressively more aggressive. So, you know, asking is just sort of like, yeah, hey, hi, can I get this? Whereas seeking is like, um, yeah, I'm going to find you. And I'm going to ask you, but then knocking is like, I am not going away until you answer my prayer. And the assurance is that we are going to get something. When we pursue God like that, we will get something. Our prayers will be heard. They might not be answered in the way that we want them. Sometimes God gives healing in a way that we didn't want. So I had a good friend who was struggling with cancer and it would go in remission and then would come back, go in remission, come back. And I prayed for total healing for her. In in fact, I prayed for total healing for her until she went in the hospital the week that she died. And something kind of snapped in me then. And I was having this dialogue with God, like, you know, God, I, I don't understand. I've been praying for total healing and I know you don't have to give me what I want, but I was just in a bad place. And then I realized he was answering my prayer. He was about to give her total healing. She would be completely out of pain. She would be done suffering. This whole dilemma that I had been praying about for years was about Mm -hmm. to be over. Now, when I prayed for healing, I was thinking she'd be healed on earth and continue to serve the Lord for many years to come. But that's that's not what God decided. He gave her total healing in a way I didn't see coming. 
but still he answered and he was good. So anyway, this woman, she gets to Jesus, she touches his cloak and she is healed. Then in the meantime, some people came from Jairus's house and they said, your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? And then we hear this. Overhearing what they said, Jesus told them, don't be afraid, just believe. So here is this man who had come and fallen at Jesus' feet, like, I need your help, and Jesus is following him. And in the meantime, Jesus is interrupted by this woman who is healed. But that takes precious time away from going to help Jairus' daughter. And then the men come from the house and it's like, it's over. And at that moment, Jesus says, don't be afraid, just believe. And this speaks to me about our impossible situations. What is your posture in prayer when seemingly the door has shut and everything is impossible? Sometimes we look at that as, well, that's the answer. Clearly, this door has shut. There's no reason to keep knocking on it. God has answered my prayer and it is done. But it wasn't. And Jesus said, don't be afraid. Just be, just believe. To me, that's saying, don't be afraid when things look impossible. Because we serve a God who's very able to make the impossible possible. And that's what I told this woman who was coming through the door just as we met that day at the conference. Because she told me about this situation and how she'd been trying and trying and trying, and it kept being a dead end. And I said, wow, that sounds impossible. <laughs> Let me tell you what I just read in the Bible. Jairus's daughter was dead. That seems pretty impossible. And yet Jesus said, don't be afraid. Just believe. Let me tell you another situation that seemed impossible. God gives us all kinds of them in the Bible. I mean, there's the, the Red Sea when his people get to the Red Sea and the Egyptians are behind them. There's a Red Sea in front of them. You've got David and Goliath. Goliath is this massive man who by all, you know, Anybody who's sitting there looking, it's impossible to defeat this guy, right? But yet with God, David, this little scrawny guy did. Well, there was another situation. We find it in 1 Chronicles 32. And the Assyrian army had come against Hezekiah. And they were massive. And Israel had nothing to stand on. This, this wasn't going to go well. And so this is what we read in verse 20 and 21. King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah, son of Amaz, cried out in prayer to heaven about this. And the Lord sent an angel who annihilated all the fighting men and the commanders and officers in the camp of the Assyrian king. So he withdrew to his own land in disgrace. When you don't think you can do it anymore, when you're ready to throw in the towel, when the situation seems like it isn't even worth praying about anymore, just remember who God is and take Jesus' words to heart. Don't be afraid. Just believe. 
So what do we learn about the posture of our heart when we go to God in prayer? Utter humility. Jairus came and fell at Jesus' feet. He wasn't even trying to be important. He wasn't trying to impress Jesus. He fell at his feet in front of all those people. He pleaded earnestly. That woman darted through a a crowd of people and touched Jesus. We see perseverance, what it took for her to keep going, seeing Jesus and make her way through that crowd. And then we see believing God, even when it looks like we have no reason to do that. I hope you find that encouraging because I know I did. This has been Little Things because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things.